Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing how to translate the wisdom from your past lives into a knowingness which you can weave into you in a way which nurtures an even more flourishing current life. A common question I get from clients is, what past lives or past life events are affecting this life now? This is usually coming from the expectation lessons not yet learned or completed are something we're working on again, or there is some karma from our previous actions which needs to be addressed. I think of this as the unpaid credit card perspective on past lives, where we want to know what our current balance is so we know how to budget over the next months or years. Prior to entering into an embodied life, we make extensive plans. This is in part because life is complicated and we have quite a bit to achieve over a span of decades and also because every living being has free will. Not only do we have the ability to choose what we do in every instant, but so does everyone else. So, like the most complicated NASA mission ever undertaken, we attempt to plan for every contingency. These plans are the beginning of the current life notes section of each soul book, which includes all the information concerning why we choose our parents, what we intended for our childhood versus what we actually lived through, what lessons we came here to learn, the goals we expect to achieve, whether we have contracts yet unfulfilled, where we intended to live and how, if we agreed to have children or not, and how many, what careers we intended, and so on. Once we've embodied, the current notes section continues to update, adjust, and extrapolate from every interaction, thought, emotion, and mood we have in order for us to navigate in a constantly manifesting world. It provides a continual update on our progress so we can see how much we've achieved, what's still possible, how much better it can all be, and how we can manifest or enhance our best life now. This displays somewhat like the code of the matrix, constantly in movement as we and the people around us even those seven steps removed, make choices and avoid others. This is where beings look for the information necessary to understand and work with us. It's also the section most commonly read by readers of all sorts. The wonderful thing about accessing past lives is we can work with them not just as a credit card, but also as a savings account. In each life we've lived, there is wisdom which we can access if we choose. Now, up until the last 200 years or so, most past lives were some form of agrarian experience, whether it's farming or owning farmland or being in a trade which supported the village, the landowner, or the community, which means about 75% of our past lives have wisdom about crops, cooking, weaving, sewing, and so on, but not much on architecture or astrophysics. But most of us have some lives which delve into other subjects, such as herbalism, working with elemental spirits, energy work, healing, using crystals in a number of ways, and so on. And while we may not have initially chosen in our NASA plans for this life to use those skills, we can download them into this life now. To do this, first, it's important to know this type of experience or knowledge or wisdom doesn't come in a universal, works-for-everyone, one-size-fits-all form. Just like your current life is uniquely situated in a family, community, language, culture, and experience of self, so too are your past lives, which means your wisdom and experiences there 
exist in a context which doesn't necessarily conform to who you are now. For example, Atlantean culture was based on crystal forms of technology. Crystals were used for storing and processing information the way we do with computers today, but also to power vehicles like our electric cars. They were employed as a means of healing individuals, but also powering the electric grid. Unfortunately, their use as a source of energy also made them an easy choice to be used as weapons, just as a laser can be used as a surgical tool, but also to cut through obstructions or explode things. So directly accessing information about crystals from an Atlantean life for the purpose of learning how to use them for healing or other spiritual work can be confusing and miss the mark entirely as Atlantean perspectives on what a crystal is for are quite different from what we hold today. Another example is the culture of ancient Egypt. While this approximately 3,000 years of Egyptian history saw an indigenous tribal culture raise itself up technologically and politically into a power, including extensive holistic healing practices, great work-life balance, and a justice system which supported fairness and workers' rights, it retained its agrarian values of actively refraining from innovation. Ancient Egyptians honored and desired to keep their culture their families, and their daily way of life the same as it had always been, trying to be in harmony with a world which was tied to the vagaries of the Nile River and other ecological factors. And while there was no dogma or prescribed religion, each individual having the right to live and practice spiritually the way they felt called or had grown up with, everything in their lives was interconnected with deities of the extensive Egyptian pantheon. So no practice or experience from this time will be separate from a worldview which is permeated with the will and participation of gods, which we don't fully understand or resonate with today. This is why when a client asks me if they can access their past lives to retrieve wisdom or skills they've acquired so they can remember and use them here, I recommend they seek rather to translate them instead. One of the many amazing things which we're able to do when a soul is connected with a body is use the body as a means to translate universals into the uniqueness of this linear moment in time. In fact, this is the essence of manifesting. We bring Akasha, either raw or with universal wisdom and information included, into us through our head. This triggers either inspiration or problem solving or both. And once we engage our desire to move forward, this moves from thoughts into plans and on down through our body until we have acted to bring this plan into reality, into the world. Using our body the same way, we can translate our past experiences into usable skills and wisdom for this life. Of course, to do this, we first have to reacquaint ourselves with the past lives where we acquired them. The easiest place to start is with our natural talent for focused searching. Past life records work somewhat like ads on Google, Amazon, or Facebook. What we're interested in now, what we're working through, struggling with, or becoming informs the information we see. If we're doing a regular past life search or even regression, the past lives presented will be specifically geared to speak to us about our life now or respond to any difficulty, pain, or request we have in our hearts and body in the moment. As our minds are often out of sync with, well, a lot of things, what we see in retrieving past lives can create confusion as to what the purpose is for the experience once we've had it or 
what we're meant to understand from it all since it's responding to our actual need rather than what's on our mind. Those who delve into their own past lives rarely receive a random sample, general overview, or past life experience which is representative of the whole. Because the information is targeted to the now, like a social media ad, the lives perceived will have similarities or themes and may not be representative of the person's cumulative past life experiences. This works in our favor, however, if what we're wanting to know about is one specific life or one type of life where we have wisdom about a particular subject. You don't have to be skilled in reading the past lives in your soul book, find the specific one which has what you need, and try to find where in it you learned the skill, or even know what culture or time period it might be associated with. What you will need is focus, time, and trust in yourself. The method that I recommend for translating past life experiences into usable skills is this. To start, decide how you want to retrieve the past life information you're looking for. If you've been working with your own soul book, this can be a good way to practice being more precise and directed in how you're reading and interacting with it. You can go into the Akashic Library, pull up your book, then ask it to show you all the lives which are relevant to what you're looking for, such as a holistic healing life, working with the light rays, connecting with elemental beings, devis and gods, and so on. You don't need to read through each life. Just pull them up like tabs in your browser so their information is active and available to you. Or you can also use your Akashic room rather than going directly to your soul book. Every room has a work or dining table as well as a viewing space or sitting area, like a living room, for this type of work. Either at the table or seated in front of the viewing screen, you can make the same request, and the information should start forming either in 3D or movie form. Or you can do this through meditation, journey, or prayer. I recommend if you're going to do this, you have an altar or some focal point where you can write down your question or query or request so the energy of this work has somewhere to go and doesn't dissipate once you've finished your meditation and gone on to other mundane things in your day. Write down what you're looking for. Hold the paper or image in your hands while doing the meditation, journey, or prayer. And once you're done, put the object down where it can continue to radiate out this manifestation for you. Whatever method you choose, let the wisdom download into you for about 72 hours. It might take longer if there's quite a lot of information to bring in, or it might take less if you have an easy time taking in information akashically or through dream time. During this time, your body will be taking the wisdom and knowingness into your DNA and adding it to what you can already do or have aptitudes for. Your mind might not be aware of this happening as the information isn't necessarily intellectual. Your body will be adjusting and in this way translating the wisdom into something useful here. Once this is complete, you can start working to bring the information into your conscious mind. To do this, you'll need to start engaging with the subject. This can be through reading books, taking classes, visiting sites where things happen, or whatever is relevant to the subject you're focused on. While this may look like new learning, you'll find the experience is very different because you'll now know when something is right or not for you or the project you have in mind. You'll have preferences for materials and activities you never did before. We'll be inspired to think outside the box to do things which just seem right and see things from a richer, more expansive perspective. Key to this is to know what you know. 
This is both the easiest and the most difficult step of it all. It's also the basic foundation for psychic skills and gifts, no matter what kind, level, or method you use to work with them. To know what you know when you know it, and then act accordingly. Sounds simple, right? Well, it is. Unless it isn't. All of our experience learning as children teaches us to disregard any insights or knowing we glean from a situation which seems odd or disconnected from the facts. I call this logicking. This is when our logic brain receives what we know and then dissuades us of it by explaining how it couldn't be the truth. It seals the deal by telling us what the truth really has to be in such stern and sometimes frightening terms, we forget we even knew something else. On top of all this are those who don't want us to know what we know, like narcissists, abusers, haters, rivals, and so on. They'll say things to knock us off balance, tell half-truths to hide their tracks, spend enormous amounts of energy to make us think we're crazy or misunderstanding things, all the while we're knowing the truth of things but losing trust in our ability to know. So how do you know what you know? Well, step one Become mindful of when you second-guess something. Before you can form a good relationship with your knowing, you need to make yourself conscious of how you're habitually keeping yourself from knowing things. So bring these behaviors out into the light where you can take a good hard look at them. Choose a method of making notes for yourself. A small notebook, post-it notes, a cell phone app, or text on your device of choice. Make a commitment to yourself that for one full week, seven complete days, You're going to note throughout the day each time you second-guess yourself. It can be handy, if you're busy, to stop each hour and jot things down or you'll forget. There are many ways we second-guess ourselves, from overthinking, to agreeing with someone else when they disagree with us, to finding something about the subject on the internet and letting it dissuade us. In each of these cases, note what you knew, what second-guess you decided on, and what or who got you there. Step two, keep noting when you second-guess something, but then connect your dreams, visions, or insights to those events. We love to cheer for the fact that truth will come out someday in some way in the world. This also happens between the logic brain and our knowing. While our conscious, lived, and experienced life may have us shut down to what we know, our soul, emotions, and body has no interest in being quiet about it or keeping it from us. So much of the information we get when we're dreaming is trying to prompt us into knowing the truth of the situations we're in or have just been through. Once we can see visually, concretely, where we're second-guessing, about what and how, then the information in our dreams can make more sense. If you can remember your dreams, write them down throughout the week without interpreting them. At the end of the second week, compare your second-guessing notes with your dreams to start seeing the truth the patterns, and where you're being offered wisdom on how to move forward. Step three, when you feel ready, start knowing what you know. While this can seem like a mental exercise, it's actually not. Once you know a thing, you can't unknow it. And what we know guides and propels our actions in life, for better or worse. This is the essence of cheaters and affairs. Once their partner knows, everything changes. Even though forgiveness might happen and relationships can be repaired, the injured party is never going to not know this experience happened and their spouse is capable of violating trust. 
Therefore, any new phase of their relationship will include this knowing. So knowing what you know is not really an internal process. To know what you know means honoring what you know by taking action based on its wisdom. The more you honor your knowing by acting on it, the more you'll strengthen your gifts. You may not be right 100% of the time, no one is. But this is exactly like learning a new sport or going to the gym. Doing something once doesn't make you a pro or even competent. You have to do it over and over again to build the muscle and the muscle memory. You have to learn how your unique self works and works best so you can enhance your strengths and shore up your weaknesses. So the more you act on what you know and don't reverse course, the more your gifts will unfold. This is the key to how people get so good at knowing things intuitively or psychically. While some people are talented from an early age, all have put in the hours one way or another to become skillful at using what they have and who they are. Once you've translated the wisdom from your past lives into a knowingness, you can then begin to weave it into you in a way which nurtures an even more flourishing current life. If you want to know more about working with past lives in your soul book, I recommend my class Reading Your Akashic Record Intermediate Level. I'll put a link to it in the podcast description. Or if you want a more in-person approach to learning all the skills we've talked about, I offer private lessons and you can find out more about them on my website, akashicreading.com. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patron of honor this week, Laura Rowland. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.